Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Good morning. We're in a series that we've entitled, God Likes. It's taken from Hebrews chapter 11. The chapter begins and ends with a similar phrase. In Hebrews 11.1, faith shows us the reality of what we hope for, the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in days of old earned a good reputation, had a good reputation with God. God liked it. At the end of the chapter in verse 39, all these people earned a good reputation, went through the whole list. They earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received everything that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. We're all in this together. So we've looked at different people that are mentioned in Hebrews 11 and understand how did they get to a place where God liked them, they earned this reputation, and today we're going to look at Noah. Noah worked with God. Just an incredible story that many people today think, oh, it's a myth that never happened. But we know it's a fact because God's Word says so. And here's how it goes in Hebrews 11, verse 7. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who wanted him and warned him and directed him about the things that had never happened before. So in other words, God's getting ready to let Noah in on something that has never happened in the history of mankind to that point. So Noah had no reference or anything to go from. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth. He saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. You see, when God looks at human wickedness, He looks at more than just actions. He also looks at our thoughts and our intentions. He looks at our heart. And as He looked over the world, everything they thought, they imagined, was consistently totally evil, totally against God's ways and what God wanted. So the Lord was sorry He had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke His heart. It's not what He wanted. He loved these people. He cared for these people. And the Lord said, I'll wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I'll destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I am sorry I ever made them but Noah found favor with the Lord. And this is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. Out of the whole earth, here's one man that's consistently honoring and following God. He had to feel like an outcast. He had to be a loner. He had to be at a place where nobody wanted him around. And yet in the midst of all this depravity, in the midst of everything going on, here's a man who says, I'm going to honor God. I'm going to follow Him. And he walked in close fellowship with God. Now we've seen that phrase before because that was Enoch. He walked in close fellowship with God. Everyone else may be doing something, but he walked with God. 
That's a great example for us. Noah was the father of three sons, Shem, Ham, and Jephthah. God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. You see, when mankind does what is against God's principles, it always ends up in violence. We see violence in this world today because men and women are doing things that are evil, wrong, against God's principles. God observed all this corruption in the world, for everyone on the earth was corrupt. Now, God isn't making this up. When He says everyone, He means everyone. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all the living creatures, for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I'll wipe them all out along with the earth. And build a large boat from cypress wood and waterproof it with tar inside and out. Then construct decks and stalls through its interior. Make the boat... 450 feet long, 75 feet wide, and 45 feet high. That's a big boat. Leave an 18-inch opening below the roof all the way around the boat. It's ventilated. Put the door on the door on the side. Build three decks inside the boat, lower, middle, and upper. Look, I'm about to cover the earth with a flood that will destroy every living thing that breathes. Everything on the earth will die but I will confirm my covenant with you. So enter, enter the boat, you and your wife and your sons and their wives. Noah finds himself in a place where God says, Noah, I'm about to do something you won't understand. I don't think you understand, Noah, how bad it's gotten. You know it's bad, but you don't think you understand how much it grieves me and hurts me. So Noah, what I want to do is build a boat and I'm going to send a flood. Now, we know up until this time it hadn't even rained. Didn't need to. So God says, I'm going to do something, Noah, you don't understand. And I'm going to wipe out all of mankind. Now, here's one thing to remember as we get into this story. God could have done this in a day. He could have taken care of the evil in the world in a day. But instead, He chooses a man who walks with Him and uses him to demonstrate God's grace, God's mercy, God's love, and God's caring for the righteous. So let's look how Noah worked with God. God says, here's what I want you to do. What's he want of Noah? I want you to build me a boat. I want you to work for me, Noah. Here's what I want you to do. So first of all, if you're going to work with God, there's four essentials that you have to take place into your life because you and I are called to work with God. Here's what we need to do. First of all, accept what God has said. Noah took God at His Word. Now, nowhere in the account that we read does Noah say, God, could you explain this to me? God, I want, I want to know. I don't want to flood. What's, what's flood? Boat? Big, how do I do that? What's going to go on? It just says he believed what God said. He had never seen any of this before. He didn't understand it. He really didn't have a clue, but God said it, and so he believed it. He had a lot less evidence for believing God and a lot more opposition than you and I do. But yet he's the only one who was willing to take a stand and he was all by himself. So what's that tell us? The majority isn't always right. The majority isn't always the crowd to follow. Everyone else was against God. And just because everyone else is doing something doesn't make it a good idea. Common sense also comes in conflict with God. 
And notice that the effect it had his family. Noah, you've been this man. I'm going to save you and your family. I'm going to take care of you. And so here we have this man who is pulled apart by God, pulled aside, and he said, God, Noah, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to destroy. I'm going to send a flood. I want you to do this. And Noah goes, okay. And so he just accepts what God has said. God said a lot of things through us through his word and through his spirit. And yet many times and too many times we question it. Wait, I want it to explain to me. I want to understand this. I want to know the outcome. I want to know how this is going to go. Rather than just accepting God, the old saying, God said it, that settles it. Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. When people do not accept divine guidance, when they don't accept God's word, they run wild. But whoever obeys the law, God's ways, is joyful. There's a great story in the New Testament about Mary, the mother of Jesus, when she is first called by God and an angel visits her and tells her what's going to happen, tells her of things she can't comprehend and wrap her mind around. How can this happen? How can this be? You're going to do what? And this is going to be what? And I'm going to have a baby. How? What? When? And notice her response. She responded, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And the angel left her. How easy is it for you to just accept God at his word? He says it. Okay, I, I, I accept it. I accept what you say as truth and as relevant to my life, and I accept that. That's called faith. That's called trust. I trust God. He never lies. He always tells me the truth. So if I'm going to work for God, I have to accept what he tells me. He's the one in charge. He's the boss. He has the right to tell me what to do, and he doesn't owe me an explanation. Secondly, you have to adjust your life. <laughs> I have to adjust my life so that I can do what God has said. Now, let me just tell you a little secret. You're probably aware of this already. Anytime God asks you to do something for him, it will throw chaos into your life you will have to make changes in your life in order to accommodate what God wants you to do. You don't get to keep doing the same thing. Did Noah have to rearrange his life? Uh, suddenly his calendar is really full. For the next 120 years, what's on your calendar? I'm building a boat, I'm building a boat. Next day, I'm working on the boat. Next day, I'm working on the boat, I'm doing the boat. The, the boat, boat, boat. That's his whole calendar. And I think there's some mornings he maybe didn't feel like working on the boat. I think some mornings maybe his sons kind of questioned things. But Moa said, look, you want me to do this, God? Okay, what you want, I accept it, and I will adjust my life to fit your desires and to accommodate what you want me to do. You see, God doesn't want you to add him to your busy schedule. He wants you to rearrange your schedule for him. Your schedule should be arranged around God, not around you. <laughs> well, my plate's full. That's fine as long as it's full of God. And so Moses accept what God says 
says, okay, and then he makes the adjustments in his life so that he can do what God wants him to do. If you're going to do anything for God, you will need to adjust your schedule. You will need to be inconvenienced. Mary, you're going to have a baby. You're going to be Jesus. He's going to save the world from their sins. She had to adjust her schedule. You see, we're people who get in and get locked into our routine. And as if anything, these last few months have showed us, we don't like it when our routine is disrupted. I mean, we're comfortable with this and this and this, and I have my way, I do this, and I get up at this, and I do this and do this. And so many times I think, if we're not careful, our routine gets in the way of what God wants us to do. And so we have to be willing to adjust in life. Mark chapter 4, verse 18 talks about a farmer planting seed, the seed being the Word of God. It fell among the thorns. It represents others who hear God's Word. But all too quickly, the, the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, the desire for other things. So no fruit is produced. The Word comes in, but just quickly, I've got this going on, and i got this, and this is my schedule, and i got to be able to do this and do this. And before long, what happens is, God's crowded out, and no fruit comes about in our life. The seed that fell on the good soil represents who hear, and what's the word again? Accept God's Word, and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as been planted. Why? They heard God's Word. They put it into practice. So you and I, at times, have to give up some things in order to make room for God. And, you know, well, I know I need to change. I know I need to do this. But when I get this settled, and when I get to this place, and when I get this taken care of, or when I have enough of this, I'll do it. And the problem is we just don't trust God enough. Okay, God, I know what you want. I hear you. I know what's right. But I, I, I don't know. When it comes to my time, God, and so if you're going to work for God, God doesn't look at your schedule and say, well, man, I see you're really busy. I'll tell you what, I'll just leave you alone. You just keep doing it. I'll come back when you got a little more time. No, God steps in, says, here what I want. He creates, in essence, a crisis sometimes. He creates a discomfort. And he says, who's the priority? Which one are you going for? Noah said, okay, my calendar's suddenly been changed. And so sometimes our faith is just small. And God doesn't like that. Psalm 37, verse 3. Trust in the Lord. Do good. You'll live safely in the land and prosper. Take delight in the Lord. He'll give you your heart's desires. Commit everything you do to the Lord. Trust Him, and He will help you. You think God had to help Noah? For 120 years building a boat? Oh, I do. I think a lot of times. But see, if you make the adjustments, and if you do what God tells you to do, then God will take care of the rest, and He will help you. And so He says, okay, Noah, are you going to accept what I have to say? And then, Noah, are you going to come to a place where you're willing to adjust your life because what I want you to do, I want you to act on what you know. See, sometimes with God, we're so worried about what we don't know. God says, look, I don't need to give you more information. You just need to deal with what I've already told you. And here's what you do know. 
couple verses about Noah that Genesis gives us. Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him. That's incredible. But it doesn't just say it once. On chapter 7, verse 5, Noah did everything as the Lord commanded him. What is it in your life today that you know God wants you to do, but you're not acting on it? We all have got excuses for it. What, what about your relationships, your marriage, your family, your business, your community, your church? What, what is it that you know deep down inside? I know God wants me to do this, but there's busyness, there's excuses. You see, God doesn't come to wreck your life. He doesn't come to steal your joy. You, you, you lose joy when you're trying to squeeze God in. But when you put God as the priority and do what He wants you to do and act on it, there's great joy in that. And it took faith for Noah to build a boat. There'll be a lot you don't know. Noah, boy, flood, rain, I hope this boat floats. I've never seen that. I don't know what happens. Animals, how are we getting the animals in, God? What's going to happen there? And God, three decks, what? I, I don't get this. And, and yet he does all that even in the midst of opposition. You think a boat that big size is going to draw a lot of attention. You know, if you build something like that in, in the Cape, boy, everybody would be around. So he comes to that place in the midst of that, you know, he does this. And, and the Bible says because of that, he was a witness to the people around him. Second Peter 2.5, God did not spare the ancient world except for Noah and the seven others in his family. Noah warned the world of God's righteous judgment. Noah, what are you doing? Building a boat. Why? Because you are not honoring God by the way that you live. And God protected Noah when he destroyed the world of ungodly people with a vast flood. <laughs> Noah believed what God told him. He made room in his life to follow God. And then he began to act on what God told him to do, even though he didn't have a clue and everybody else didn't understand. And God likes that. God likes that. He confronted culture with his obedience, with him doing what God wants him to do. The rest of the world could make fun of him, disregard him. He's a kook. What's a boat? Why is it going to need to float? What's going to happen? Never going to happen. Noah kept on building, kept on doing what God wanted him to do. Second, 1 Corinthians 15, 57. Thank God He gives us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong, immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Never is. It may seem like you're not doing anything, affecting anybody, but if you're doing what God wants you to do in the manner God wants you to do it, know that it is having an effect on the people around you. So he accepted what God said. He, he then made room for his life for to do that. And then he began to put it into practice and he acted on it. Why did he do that? 
There's a flood coming. I want to be saved. Fourth reason we work with God, we anticipate the soon return of Jesus Christ. See, God has given us all work to do, hasn't he? We live in a world that's surrounded by ungodliness, people doing evil in God's sight. And one day, God's going to deal with that. In fact, Jesus uses Noah as an illustration. In Matthew 24, verse 35, heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or hour when these things will happen, not even the angels in heaven or the Son of Man himself. Only the Father knows. We, we don't know when this is going to take. When's it going to rain, Noah? I don't know. I, you know, I, I guess when I get the boat done, I, I don't know. I just got to do this. God says this is what's going to happen. I'll just keep being obedient to him. I'll leave the rest up. He knows I don't, and I don't need to. Because you see, if you know everything, you don't have to live by faith, do you? You can just live by your knowledge. And too many times we think we know and we don't. When the Son of Man returns, it will be like it was in Noah's day. Two things to remember as we go through this. In Noah's day, evil was everywhere. In Noah's day, everyone just kept doing life as normal. Those days before the flood, the people were enjoying banquets, parties, weddings, right up to the time Noah entered the boat. Life went on as normal. Didn't see me. He's, yeah, he's got the boat down the yard, but we're going on. Nothing's happened. Nothing's going to happen. It'll be okay. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. And that's the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. You also must be ready all the time for the Son of Man will come when least expected. We don't know when. We just know He's going to come. A faithful, sensible servant hopefully that's us, is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing the other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that servant has done a good job, there's going to be a reward. You and I are the servants. He's left us in charge of managing life. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant's evil and thinks, he's not going to be back for a while. What's the rush? What's the hurry? What's the big deal? And he just begins treating people wrong. Because people don't matter. Partying, getting drunk. The master will return unannounced, unexpected. And he will cut the servant to pieces and assign him to a place with the hypocrites. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. We're not called to build a boat, but the Bible does tell us there's a field that is ripe and ready for harvest, and the laborers are few. We're called to work. So what is God asking you to do? What is it that you know down inside? <laughs> I think God wants me to do this. It, it might be something monumental that 
requires some big steps. It might be something very small that you just make an adjustment, but you know by doing that, you're honoring God in it. Good news. You don't have to do it for 120 years. It'll be shorter than that. But the Bible clearly tells us that you and I are to work while there's still time, while there's still day. Because one day, judgment's coming. Noah built the boat, did what God wanted, because he knew that one day, judgment was coming. So we come to that place where we worship God, like Abel. We walk with God, like Enoch. And we work for God. Because God wants us to work because He cares about people. And so what is there in your life that you know you need to make some time for? You know it would please God and God would like it if you would do that? Are you willing to do that? Are you willing, like Noah, to say, God, okay, I accept what you say. I, I know it's right and I know it's true. And God, I'm going to adjust my life to honor you so that I can do what you're asking me to do. And I know it'll be work, but I'll do it because I know that one day you're coming back. Could we take a moment? Maybe you're here today and you've just been living life on your own and you're one of those people that just think, ah, return, everybody's been talking about it. It's never happened. It's probably never going to happen. So I don't believe that junk. Down inside, there's something right now telling you, you know it's true, that you shouldn't wait any longer. You need to give your life to God. You're a Christian here today, and are you willing to work with God to do what He wants to do because He wants to use you so that others can come to Him? Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the future that we have that is ours because of Jesus Christ. And that, Lord, we know, as you have told us, just like you told Noah, I don't like what's going on, and I'm going to have to bring judgment there. But I'm going to protect you. I'm going to take care of you. Work with me. Let's work together. And so, Lord, would you help us to be willing to accept what you say, to, to come to a place where we adjust our life if we need to, and we start acting on what you're asking us to do because we look forward to the day when you're going to return. Thank you for forgiving us. Thank you for warning us. Thank you for the privilege that we have of working for you today. In thy name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 8.15 and 10.45 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday Morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.